Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. Oh, you're exactly right, Joe. We work for the man upstairs as you do. You're setting me up quite well. You just gave me an alley-oop. The greatest revolutionary act you can commit right now is to open your mouth and speak the truth. Whether you're an academic or you're a regular guy, we have to be fearless. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to The Frontline with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, as always, joined by Joe Resinello. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. And man, Joe Resinello, we are going into the breach today, and everybody out there at Veritas is going to understand why, because we are very pleased and honored to be welcoming back to the program Bill Donahue, the president and CEO of the Catholic League for Religious and Civil Rights. Why is Bill on the show? Because shortly after the first of the year, the Catholic League is releasing a documentary movie, um, Has Disneyland Become the Disenchanted Kingdom? So but I believe that that's the name of the documentary, The, Dis the Disenchanted Kingdom. And there's a lot there, and we're going to unpack as much as we can with the half hour that we have with Bill. I'm going to give a quick, quick bio. Everybody out there knows Bill Donahue, but having said that, uh, Bill Donahue is the publisher of the Catholic League Journal, Catalyst. Donahue is a former Bradley resident scholar at the Heritage Foundation. Um, the Catholic League itself is the nation's largest Catholic civil rights organization, founded in 1973 by the late Father Virgil Blum, um, and motivated, you know, um, Father, Father Blum basically or, organized this to defend the rights of Catholics, lay and clergy alike, so that we can participate in American public life without defamation or discrimination. There's a lot more to be said about the Catholic League, but we want to get into the meat and potatoes. Bill Donahue, welcome back to the front line with Joe and Joe. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Joe Resinello. Bill, we always start with a prayer to Our Lady in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, never was it known that anyone who sought your help or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly unto you, a virgin of virgins, our mother. To you we come, for you we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother, the Word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in your clemency, hear and answer us. Amen. Name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Joe, real quick, I just want to mention to our audience out there, very, very important. Go on the Catholic League website. I say this as a podcaster, as a Roman Catholic who wants to keep abreast of what's going on out there. Subscribe to uh, on, on the Catholic League so that you'll get the emails about so many things that are going on in our culture that our Catholic brothers and sisters don't even realize is happening. That's how we know about this conversation, because Bill Donahue blasts out, the Catholic League blasts out this information to everybody on their mailing list. So please go and join their mailing list, and please consider uh, uh, you know, contributing to the success of the Catholic League. Joe Resinello. Bill, I got to be honest. When I saw the trailer for this film, Walt's Disenchanted Kingdom, I was so pleased to see that you guys are doing this. This is such a needed documentary. Could you give us a little synopsis of it? Why should America watch this? Well, Disney was, of course, the most family-friendly uh, institution in American history, uh, going back to the time when I was a kid. And it had, it, Walt Disney was, was a genius in what he did, and he made so many people happy. And they had a great record uh, back in the 50s and 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. 
things began to change in this century. And actually, uh, there were indications that there was change even before that, because Disney, when I took over in 1993 at the Catholic League, that was the year that Disney bought Miramax. I had no idea what Miramax was in 93. Uh, it happens to be a, a film distribution company. They're no longer associated, but they were at that time. A guy by the name of Harvey Weinstein, he's on the front page of today's New York Times, uh, convicted of rape again, a serial rapist. Him and his brother Bob Weinstein, who apparently is an okay guy, uh, they, they were the ones running Miramax. I, I mentioned that because in 1995, two years later, they put out a movie, Priest, and the viewer met five priests, all dysfunctional, all dysfunctional alcoholics or predators, whatever they might be. Uh, they were all, all men who had problems because they were priests. In other words, it was their priesthood that made them over the top. Then after that, there was one anti-Catholic movie after another coming out by Miramax, Disney Miramax. Bob Iger was made the president of, of, uh, of Disney in the late 1990s. That's important, of ABC rather, ABC, of ABC. Disney owned ABC. And he stayed there for a very long time until they made him the CEO of Disney. Now he left just a few years ago at Disney. He passed the torch to Bob Chapek, and now Chapek is out and Iger is back. Some people said he tried to even undermine his successor. I'll leave that for other people to say. But my point is this. Disney, starting in the 90s, first with ABC and then later with its own movies, began to put out uh, anti-Catholic fare in particular. No group was dumped upon more than Catholics. Now, the final straw for us was earlier this year, in 2022, when Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida said, enough is enough. We don't want to be teaching little kids, K through three, uh, five, five years of age to eight years of age, about questioning their sexuality and, and their sex. Uh, are you happy being a boy? Are you happy being a girl? And uh, of course, only people who would be anti-family would, would really want to get to the little kids this way. DeSantis wanted a bill to protect parental rights and he succeeded. And who worked against them? Disney. Disney. Now, Disney probably should have been agnostic and simply doesn't get involved in, in, in any kind of legislation. But if you're going to get involved, as, as the company founded by Walt Disney, the family-friendly company, you would think you'd come in on the side of parental rights. Instead, they came in on the side of undermining parental involvement. And that's when I said to Tony Perkins, who's the head of the Family Research Council, a noted evangelical, I said, why don't I write a letter representing the two of us, to Bob Jacob, back in April the 8th, asking for a meeting with him because he's sat down with the LGBT crowd. What about us? Chapek blew us off, and that's when I said to Tony, you know what? The Catholic League is going to do something about this. I'm not putting up with it any longer. And, and I decided we would fund. Uh, it's an expensive project. It's, 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 a, it's a major project, but it's a well-worthwhile project. We are doing a a documentary, Walt's Disenchanted Kingdom, and it's going to run about 50 minutes long. And we have a star-studded cast, and I'm very proud of, of the work that uh, we've done and the work that Jason Meath has done, who's an outstanding person uh, who's put together this package. Bill Donnie, who is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe and Joe on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. We are discussing the new documentary that will be out soon. We'll get an exact date uh, from Bill as we go along. But uh, Walt's 
disenchanted kingdom. So right now, Bill, you got to give our audience a little bit of a couple of examples of how this company has just gone off the rails. We'll get into a little in a little bit. I'm sure we'll have time about why these corporations would make we, what Joe and I think are terrible business decisions. Okay, uh, we could talk about that aspect. But right now, let our audience know here. I mean, they're doing away with gender greetings. Like, uh, uh, hello, sir. Hello, madam, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. What, what, what kind of world are we living in? Because uh, you know what Joe and my pronouns are? No way. No way. And I think that's yeah, what we got to start doing. And I think that's what – I know that's what you're doing. You're drawing the line saying I'm not interested in compromise here. No way. Bill Donahue, what do you have to say? Well, you're absolutely right, and that's what I like about you guys. You, you're just as feisty as I am. Uh, we are drawing a line in the sand. You're absolutely right. Enough is enough. Basta, as the people would say, the Hispanics. Uh, listen, what's been going on in, in higher education? I spent many years as a professor, so I can speak with authority, and I was spent 20 years on the board of directors of the National Association of Scholars. What's been going on in higher education has been a disgrace with the kind of brainwashing, indoctrination, anti-Americanism, Christian bashing. That's been going on for a long time. The same is true of the media. The same is true of Hollywood. The same is true in the artistic community. But that's, that's pretty much where it ended. What's been going on in the last 10 years, particularly in the last five years, has been that you've seen now the Fortune 500. You've seen the top brass of the military. You've seen elements of the FBI, again, at the top brass. You've seen the healthcare industry all joining this kind of woke politics, this radical politics. Uh, they, they claim that men can become pregnant, that all white people are inherently racist. These ideas are pernicious. They're mad. They're not grounded in science, social science, and anything. And to think that the, the, the elites in our society, the ruling class, and certainly the, the people at the top of Disney are part of the ruling class, to think that they are working hand-in-hand with these people from the universities who have an atomist against Western civilization, an atomist against the Christian, the Judeo-Christian heritage upon which it's based, to think that they've joined in the fray with left politics is probably one of the most disconcerting aspects uh, of my life. And, and, and I've seen a lot, but this is really over the top. No, absolutely, Bill Donahue. And now one thing that Joe and I say is the time for debates on many of these issues, on many of them, okay? We've been willing, let, let's call ourselves for the moment conservative-minded people in America, okay? Not just specifically Catholic. We've been willing to debate. We've won every debate, even if you look at abortion, okay? So on, the, on that level, it's time to stop debating and just exert political will. That's what the left does. They just exert their political will. They'll pass legislation right in your face. They don't care about the consequences. Why don't we do the same thing? Why do we have to, well, let's have a debate. Let's talk. We don't want to talk anymore. We know you're not listening, so we don't want to talk anymore. Well, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that, Joe, because I've said this many times, especially lately. I had a big talk with Legatus here a few weeks ago in New York City as keynote speaker. I spoke about Disney and all these kinds of things. And I mentioned to them, and I've been asked this question a lot, just as you have. What is wrong with our side? We know what's wrong with the other side. We just talked about that. What's wrong with our side? I know there are a lot of good people, uh, prayerful Catholics, uh, good evangelicals, Orthodox Christians, Orthodox Jews, Muslims and Mormons. There's a lot of good people out there. A lot of them are very smart. But there's one thing that a lot of them lack, and it's one word, courage. If you don't have the guts to stand up to these bullies, uh, they're going to win. Now, I know it's easier for me to say it than it is for somebody else who's working for, 
you know, a, a company, and you have to be careful what you say because they may come down your throat. I'm talking more now about the activists and the leaders on our side. Oh, yeah, they're always good on school choice. Okay. They're always good on uh, let's let's get, maintain the tax-exempt status of religious institutions. They're always good on that. I'm talking about the stuff that gets a little dirty. I'm talking about the sexualization, the sexual engineering of children, and going against the LGBT tyrants who are involved in this kind of situation. I am not talking about your average gay person who's a good person like anybody else. I am talking about the activist. I'm talking about the radicals, the extremists. And you know where they have you know where they work right now in large numbers? I hate to say it, in the White House. Mm-hmm. No, that's right. Joe Resinello, where do you want to go? Bill, <clears throat> we're Catholic, and I agree with you. There is a lack of courage, but we have to trust God. I work in corporate America. I have five young kids. I'll be honest with you. God will take care of me. When we are on the side of the Lord, he will always take care of us. That's where you're 100% right. We have to get out of the boat. We're Catholic. We have to lead the way. You're leading the way. We're trying. Uh, like, And I agree. If we don't do it, who else is going to? We have the sacraments. We have all the tools. Our Lord gave us all the tools. Catholic men have to lead the way. If we don't do it, Bill, no one's going to. And and to be honest with you, we have to lead by example. You're doing that, and that's why this is so important. It's so important, and we need Catholic men to stand up. Well, you know, you're absolutely right, and and Catholics need to be more informed about some of the good things in our history. All the, all the media want to talk about are some of the negative things, mostly in the past. But you just take the, the Dobbs decision this year, which overturned Roe v. Wade, uh, making abortion uh, something uh, that the state legislatures will now deal with as opposed to at the federal level. Who's mostly responsible for that? Let's go back to 1973. The Catholic Church was resolutely opposed to abortion. Guess what, people? The Republican Party was pro-abortion. The Democrats were pro-life. The evangelicals at that time, Southern Baptists, were pro-abortion. They liked Roe v. Wade. Same is true with, with Jews and many other segments of the society. There was one, only one institution, only one religious institution, which stood firmly against abortion, and that was the Catholic Church. Now, in the 1970s, something dramatic happened. The Republicans went from pro-abortion, the WASP elite, to pro-life. The Democratic Party flipped the other way, taken over by radical feminists, and they threw out the Catholics from leadership positions, and they became pro-abortion. Evangelicals became pro-life. Jews, for the most part, stayed in the pro-abortion camp, although let's make a difference between the secular Jews, that's most Jews, and the practicing observant Jews who are on our side. For, almost, for the most part, on when it comes to abortion. So my point is this. We never had to change. We are the only religious institution that never had to change. We're the ones most responsible for overturning Roe v. Wade. Now we have new challenges in front of us. We had the courage back then, and we need to have the courage today. Now, I know there's a lot of intimidation coming from the other side. Uh, I could write a book about what's, what they've tried to do and have done to me. But they, you, they cannot they cannot stop us. Like, as you say, Joe, we have the Lord on our side. And I think they know that, too, the other side. It's one of the reasons they keep coming after us. Well, let me tell you something, Bill Donahue. I've been down to, the, to down to Planned Parenthood in lower Manhattan there. 
okay, uh, right off of Bleecker Street. And I've seen these people right up close and personal, okay? Let me tell you something. I know people might feel intimidated. I felt intimidated. Bill Donahue, I am not a tough guy, nor do I want to be. Okay, I, I am with Jesus Christ, and I stood there prayerfully with many other Catholics, Father Fidelis Mashinsky and others, the Sisters of Life, okay, and let them exhaust their hatred on us. They ain't that tough. I want to let people know they ain't that tough, okay? They shout a lot of things. They say a lot of things. They do a lot of spitting. At the end of the day, they ain't that tough. Just stand firm, particularly Catholics. Stand firm in the Lord. You'll be fine. Let's get back to Disney. Bill Donahue joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe. So obviously, you mentioned many of these people are in the White House, okay? So that makes it political. Bill, not just Disney, but we can focus on Disney. But why would any corporation take sides in these battles? You look at BlackRock, right? BlackRock uh, runs trillions of dollars through corporations. They have certain standards that they're going to impose on corporations, one of which is the LGBT agenda, okay? Disney's obviously doing the same thing. That's why you made this documentary, okay? Why would they do this? Like, isn't it just a terrible, terrible business decision to, to, to go on this, to go in this direction? Well, it is beginning to hurt Disney. Uh, their stock is, is is plummeting, no question about it. But to give you a, a more exact answer, uh, which is an excellent question, Joe, you know, you got to go back to the 1970s when this started, not with the LGBT people. Uh, they weren't really a factor. It started with, with uh, race hustlers like uh, Reverend Al Sharpton. He and Jesse Jackson uh, both went and they berated Goldman Sachs and the whole Wall Street crowd, accusing them of racism. And guess what the, the, the elite uh, financial titans, the response was, let's write him a check. Let's write these people a check, the NAACP and everybody else, and we'll get them off our back and we'll, we'll take the moral high ground. We don't want to be tagged as being racist. So that, that game was played back in the 70s and 80s into the 90s. Today, the people who have taken the place of, of, uh, of Al Sharpton and others are the LGBT people out of human resource campaign and others. And they've learned to penetrate the, the, the corporate hierarchy, and they've gotten to them. That's part of it. Part of it is also, let's face it, higher education. <laughs> I mean, these kids are being browbeaten with all this mythology about white racists. The idea that if you're, if you're a white person, you are inherently racist is itself manifestly a racist statement. A person, you cannot make a sweeping judgment about a white person, a black person, an Asian, an Hispanic, or anybody else and just categorize them according to some generality. We're individuals. Certainly you can make, you, you can make, an under, you, you can make a, a statement about their cultural differences, but to say that every person who belongs to any demographic group is inherently racist or, or cannot be a racist uh, is absolute insanity. And that's what there's being taught in the schools. Absolutely. Bill Donahue joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe, president of the Catholic League. We're discussing the new documentary that's going to be coming out, Walt's Disenchanted Kingdom. Joe Racinello. Clearly, Bill, Disney wants young children to question their sexuality at a young age. I, I, I think that is as clear as day. I have five kids under eight years old. About a year ago, my son, we had the Disney Channel on. It comes with basic cable. Two men were kissing. My son said, Daddy, two men are kissing. It, it, it baffled him why. My son doesn't know where puppies come from. Why should a six-year-old ask that question? But that is intentional. They want that conversation. As a parent, I don't. That does not comport with my faith. 
needless to say, Disney is blocked. Um, it is not in my house. I will not have that in my house. And, you know, I think this runs across political lines. It doesn't matter whether you're a Democrat or a Republican. You're a parent. A six-year-old boy should not be exposed to that. And I have a right as a dad to not have that in front of my kid. But they're saying no. And if you take that position, you're a hater. You are should be canceled. You should be blocked out of society. You're a pariah. I don't think that's the case. I want you to comment on that because I am sure I am not the only person out there that feels that way. Listen, to each their own. If that's what you want to do, God does not impose his will. He proposes a way, and you choose it just like I choose it. If you choose not to take that road, that is your business. But you have no business shoving that down my kid's throat because I'm his dad. What are your thoughts on it? Well, I, obviously, I totally agree with you, and I have two uh, grandchildren, and I'm very much concerned about the world that they're being brought up in. Uh, let's face it, just so that the viewers understand, and, I'm, I, and I think you'll, you'll agree with me 100%. I, I can't speak for somebody else. This is not simply about objecting to, you know, are you happy being a boy, happy being a girl? This is not about, you know, uh, might you be homosexual or not? I don't want little kids to be taught about sexuality at all. Let kids be kids, okay? We're talking about kids, as I mentioned in the Disney movie, they just got off their tricycle. Why are you talking? I wouldn't care if you're talking about heterosexuality. Let them simply go out there, learn how to play ball, let them learn how to read and write, let them have a good time in the, in the playground. Why are we so busy? We can't even get these kids to read, read and write and, and, and understand math. And yet we want to get to them at a very young age. You know why? Because the left has always understood that the problem for them, because they want the state to take over everything. And if the state is going to take over, and that's the final authority, and they're always secular, there's two institutions that have to be weakened because they stand in the way of the state. One is the family, and the other is the church. That's why you see the left always attacking, going back to, to, to Stalin. And, and Mao, and to, and to today's agenda in the LGBT thing, they attack religion, they, attra they, attack, uh, they attack the family, because if you weaken them, then you expose the people they are going to want to belong to something, and that's when the state moves in. Parental rights has to be the key issue of our day, and there are good things happening, as you well know. Despite the tragedy of COVID, a lot of people, particularly the mothers, they found out. They found out what was going on in the classroom, teaching their kids things about sex and race, which are morally objectionable. And now they are being involved in the school boards and the like. So there, there is, I don't want everybody, anybody to get discouraged. There are a lot of good people in the last couple of years in our country, particularly the women who have, who have uh, stood up and they're getting involved and we're gonna stop the sexual engineering and the race baiting that goes on in the classroom. Bill Donahue, I want to ask you a question. I don't want to get overtly political, uh, but I do want to ask you this, okay? On our show at the front line with Joe and Joe, by the way, if you're just joining us, we have Bill Donahue from the Catholic League. Um, I'm a bit critical, okay, of Ron DeSantis. I would vote for him in a second. Let me be clear about that, particularly given what's, what's out there. I'm never voting for Democrat because they're psychotic, at least at this point in time. I think, I think DeSantis is a little bit light 
as far as his support of conservative issues. Now, what do I mean by that? And this is where I want your opinion. Is he looking to just put in place some maybe first steps to moving towards better legislation and on two fronts? One is Florida still has Florida is a pro-abortion state, even though they have a cap on abortion, I believe, at 15 weeks. So when people call Florida a pro-life state, I kind of I I I I I come back from that a little bit. I said, well, they're not because abortion's legal up to 15 weeks. And this legislation that they called the don't say gay bill, okay, which is really just a parental rights bill, that only goes up to nine years old. So long story short, my question is, is it strong enough? Uh, No, it's not strong enough. But here's where I might disagree with you, Joe. I'm a firm believer you get what you can, what you can get. And then you go from there. In other words, uh, I don't think that DeSantis knows that it's easier to win with the most vulnerable of children, the little kids, K through third grade. Let's see if you can win on that. Had he shot wide, and let's say right through uh, uh, you know eighth grade, he may have lost. Let's convince people, get a first step, and then take it from there. I, I don't know. I don't know DeSantis whether or not what his, what his plans are beyond that. But I think I think what he was doing was prudential because we've now basically gotten everybody on our side. Almost nobody thinks it's okay to sexualize children at that age. And now we can be, begin the conversation a little bit older. That's great. Bill Donahue, we have time for probably one more question with that. I'm going to hand it over to Joe Rasinello. One thing I definitely think DeSantis did it, with regard to that, it's a step in the right direction, but he used financial leverage on Disney. He held their tax status over their head, and he won that battle. Financial leverage works. It moves the dial. People understand money. Sadly, many people don't understand shame anymore. When I was a kid, my grandmother would say, shame on you, and you would feel bad. People don't care, but they understand money. This movie is going to bring awareness to America of what is going on if they don't know already. Are you advocating financial boycotting? Because I think that works just like I shut it off in my house. I will not buy a Disney product. I will not take my kids to Disneyland as a Catholic father. Is that something you're exploring? You guys have a lot of leverage. What are your thoughts? Well, I did have a boycott of, of Disney uh, back in the 1990s, and we had over 100,000 people who signed on to a petition. And people said to me, you think you can take them down? I said, no, no, I don't, I don't live in La La Land. Uh, I know they're Goliath. I also know that we can blacken up their Snow White image. And so, yeah, we, use, we, we have to use multiple tools. This movie is basically, which we, we hoped it's going to be released on January the 9th, Still waiting to find out whether or not that'll happen because the insurance carriers are looking at it and the like. Stay tuned to the Catholic League on the website. But it'll be it'll be airing just after the new year. We have a start started uh, cast in it. It'll go for about 50 minutes. I haven't personally even seen the entire uh, movie at this point, uh, but I think it's going to be a game changer. Our our method is to try and change the minds of people with the culture. But certainly, whether it's financial pressure or whatever, by the way, I might mention, fellas, I'm not sure that most people know this. About two weeks ago, a guy by the name of Kenneth Simeone, I think I'm pronouncing this correct, I don't know the man. Uh, He's an investor. And he has a 22-page lawsuit against Disney. He filed a lawsuit wanting to get information as to why they made the decision to go against DeSantis and to undermine parental involvement. So you see, this is, and what we're doing is just going to make more people uh, get involved. And that's the idea. You got to change the culture and you can never give up. 
I, I, I'm with you both because, because what you just said, Bill, is what is part of, let's say, if you want to call it our mission statement at the front line with Joe and Joe, we're just, we just simply want to raise the consciousness of the American people, let them know what's going on. So I agree with you on that. And Joe Resinello, yeah, start costing the money. Like this investor filing a lawsuit, money moves the dial. You mentioned Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson. They made buku bucks. All right, yeah. going in there and, and, and threatening corporate America. Bill Donahue, we have to leave it there, okay? It is an honor and a privilege to always have you on the show, so we hope to have you back soon. But we would encourage everyone out there, the Catholic League, go to the website, go and subscribe, get the newsletter, stay on top of these things. You'll get an email. I get an email every day on some of these atrocities. Thanks to Bill Donahue and all the good people there at the Catholic League. So support the Catholic League. In the meantime, keep your eye out for Walt's Disenchanted Kingdom. Joe and I are going to broadcast it as soon as it's released. And, and we're not broadcast the film, but we're going to let people know that it's out and where they could get it. Bill Donahue, I know that was long-winded, but thank you again, brother, for coming on the show. God bless you. Thank you, and Merry Christmas to, to you and all the viewers and, uh, and all your fans. All right. Thank you, Bill Donahue, and Merry Christmas to you. So stick around, everybody. We have one more segment. We're going to follow up on this conversation at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. Stick around. Don't go away. We have another segment. We'll be right back. Where there's Catholic radio, the folks who listen deepen their faith. Families are strengthened. Parishes and communities flourish. So let people know you're listening to Veritas. Tell your friends to tune in. And let's make an impact here for Jesus and his church. This is Steve Lee for Veritas Catholic Network. Okay, welcome back to the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. We are way, way in the breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial. So in the first segment, of course, for those of you just joining us, um, we, we had Bill Donahue. We were talking about uh, Disney's Disenchanted Kingdom. All right. And that is a uh, we look forward to seeing that film. But we want to continue the conversation um, with Father Jeffrey Kirby. Now, most of you know Father Kirby from our prior interview when we talked uh, to him about his recent book, Sanctify Them in Truth, how the church's social doctrine addresses the issues of our time. So we thought, Joe and I, that Father was the perfect person to have to come back on the show and uh, discuss this very important topic. You know, the, the the corruption of our culture, that's what it is. It's been going on for decades, and it really is coming to a head. For those of you who don't remember, Father Jeffrey Kirby is a papal missionary of mercy. Uh, he is the pastor of Our Lady of Grace Parish in Indian Land, South Carolina, adjunct professor of theology at Belmont Abbey, uh, senior contributor to the Crux News site, and author of several books. And as if that was not enough, uh, every Wednesday evening at 8.30 p.m., Father Kirby hosts a weekly show, Father Kirby Live on Patreon. Father Kirby, thanks for coming back on the show. Thank you, Joe. It's good to be with you both. All right. So uh, it, it, it's amazing that, that we have to talk this way. All right. Um, because you would think you would think that, let's say, for argument's sake, companies are in, are, are, are in business to make money. OK, <laughs> one of the ways I think that you would look one of the things you would learn in business 101 is don't cheese off your potential customers. OK, uh, don't alienate them. Don't push them away. But it strikes me that the entertainment industry in general and in this case, Disney in particular, are doing just that. Um, and I, I, I'd love to know your comments on that because to me, it just, how is it possible that, that, that makes sense in light of the fact that Disney stock is down about 40% this year, they're getting crushed. 
Ron DeSantis showed that you can stand up to these rather large corporations. Okay, um, what what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, so I, I see. I think we just see the, you know, the dire consequences of ideology. So people who believe in ideology, they really believe that they know better, that they have some secret knowledge that no one else has. Uh, it, it's very elitist. So the idea that the majority won't get it or the majority are not on board or the majority won't even financially support it, in many respects, it almost fuels the ideology. Like, oh, we need to do more of this so they can finally get it, so they can be on board. And and, and this, again, this is this is the, the, the tunnel vision uh, and really the narcissism that comes with this uh, type of ideology, especially when it involves social engineering and especially with the, the, with the family, you know, so... You know, the idea that you know what was begun, for example, with Walt Disney, uh, what Walt Disney originally envisioned, and what this corporation has now become. I mean, if Walt Disney were around today, he he would say, "I don't know Disney Corporation," and 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 again, we just see this ideology where uh, it's so irrational because even just follow the money, right, or or the popularity would alone itself just would show like, hey, we need to make some adjustments, but but ideology can't do that. It doesn't have the ability to introspect and to say, maybe we're wrong. Maybe this isn't exactly what we should be doing. Ideology can't do that. Again, because it's just inherently narcissistic. It's elitist. It thinks we know better than the masses and our task is to change them and enlighten them. And that's what we're seeing with Disney and with a lot of corporations today. Absolutely. Father Jeff Kirby joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Resinello. Father, you know, sometimes I try to like step back and uh, kind of envision how people would hear our voices. A lot of people, you know, because it's on the radio, people, different people driving, you know, switching through the channels. They'll be like, these guys are haters. They hate people. We don't hate people. Absolutely not. I mean, but ultimately, and I'll be very charitable, uh, they're exposing children to the LGBTQ agenda. Um, yeah. Whether whether you're a Catholic or not, that is what they're basically doing. You're a very level-headed man and a priest, to be honest with you. That's why we love you. We want everyone to go get his book, Sanctify Them in Truth, How the Church's Social Doctrines Address the Issues of Our Time. Very important. Father goes through many important things that we need to address. And I'll be honest with you, before the show, we were talking and you were like, people have to navigate this. Now, as Catholics, how do we navigate this? You know, they're exposed. It's it's just, you know, you know, you have eyes and ears. They're exposing yeah. kids to this type of behavior. As yeah. Catholics, how are we supposed to view this? What does yeah. the church say on this? And 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 what's its cheat, uh, teaching position? Yes, yeah. So first, let, let let's and I like your approach, Joe, in terms of stepping back and saying what you know the person on the sidewalk who might hear us talk, like what what, what do they think? And first, let's just say that that say this that you know we speak about uh, the raising of children and we talk about the family. Uh, we are very much talking about something that any person of goodwill. Could understand so this isn't you know you know as christians we're trying to force our worldview upon other people <laughs> in fact we're actually trying to challenge them because they're trying to force their worldview on us right but i think it's very important that any civilization in the course of human history you know yeah far outside the christian faith understood that if you dismantled the nuclear family 
mother, father, children, extended family members, if you dismantle the family, if you hurt marriage, you're going to hurt and dismantle that society. So whether that's ancient Sparta or Athens or whether it's ancient Rome, we can look. I mean, Caesar Augustus, talk about just, you know, pagan emperor, outlawed adultery because yeah. he realized that if it weakened marriage, it weakened Rome, it weakened the Republic and the empire. So I just want to stress that, that this is something that any person of goodwill can look at. It. It's not, again, just a Christian thing. And with that understanding, as Christians, obviously, we, we support and protect the family. We do that because we see that it works. We see how it's holy. We see that it is good. So while anyone of goodwill can see this, as Christians, we particularly understand it's sacredness. And and so to your question, Joe, what, what is the Christian to do? Right? What is the Christian family or more specifically the Christian parents supposed to do? First, I think listen to shows like this or to uh, the, the show that's going to come out uh, by the Catholic League. Uh, read good books on our faith, you know, uh, inform themselves so they're aware and then take action. You know, so say, you know, we're not going to be a part of this. We're not going to support this. You know, in the early church, our forebears, they were considered uh, extreme or weird because they wouldn't participate in the public games. They considered them too violent. They wouldn't part participate in the bacchanalia, the, the orgies of Rome. They would not participate in such things. They absented themselves from those things because they were uh, immoral and, of course, definitely contrary to the Christian way of life, but, but just good living in general as well as the Christian way of life. And so I think we're in a time now where the West has abandoned it's Christian foundation. Once again, Christian parents have to look and say, what are we going to participate in? And, and I mean, I realize what we're fighting against because, you know, every good parent nowadays seem, you know, they, they almost have this list of what they have to do to make sure their kids have a happy childhood, right? You know, it's like, okay, uh, you know, meet Santa Claus, uh, go to Disney World. And so they have this list and Disney's always on there. I, I know families and parents who have worked hard and hard and saved and saved because their goal is, I want to get my kid to Disney World, right? right. And, and in large part because they haven't been paying attention. And they don't realize, well, Disney right now is one of the largest corporations to support pedophilia, to support transgenderism, to support homosexual activity. It is radical in its agenda in terms of introducing these type of things to children. And the list goes on. Like Disney is not family friendly. I tell Christian parents, Disney is not your friend. And yet still, <laughs> we have many Christian families. Uh, we, 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 can, we have eyes. We can see what's going on. We have many Christian families that will still go to Disney. And, and I tell them, it's like, you have to be aware and you have to start taking action. Now, now I'll say this much. When Christian families say to me, well, you know, what are we supposed to do? Where are we supposed to go? I said, well, first of all, look at local amusement parks or look at other options. I'll, I'll say this. Uh, no, no amusement park is perfect. But I've been very impressed with Dollywood. Uh, you know, we founded by Dolly Parton, who's very, you know, pro-family, pro-Christian. And I've been supported. I've been impressed with that. And I've supported and encouraged families. Well, go to Dollywood. You're not going to find all this crazy stuff there. And there are, of course, other options. So all that by way of answering your question, Joe, I tell parents, be informed take action, and then look for alternatives. It doesn't mean that you have to kind of sit at home. You, you you can't take your kids somewhere. It just means you have to be informed. That's right. And that's one thing that, you know, is that that's not placing too much of a demand on anyone, Father Kirby, to tell, to, 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 yes, to tell parents, okay? The same way they try to tell us all the time how we're supposed to act. Yeah, to tell Catholic parents, don't take your kids to Disney. 
It's that simple. Joe and I, I remember a couple of years ago, I think it was during COVID, we did one of our um, one of our uh, social media shows, okay? And we we broke it down. Uh, it was a real impromptu conversation, but we were just going back and forth. You, and we came to the conclusion, Disney is a pagan right in the in the in the modern world. Yes. You yep. you you must like like the way it used to be was you must baptize your child within a very short period of time after they're they're born. You must have them receive Holy Communion. Well, now this, you must take them to Disney. Oh, and you must use the plastic that the banks are going to lend you, uh, the money, the 10 grand it's going to take for you to fly there, go there, pay compound interest on it. And then you're going to go worship at the idol of Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse and the big kingdom and everything. It's a pagan ritual. Yes. Why would yes. you expose your kids to this? Do you, you need this? Here's my question, Father. You need this in your life? In other words, you, you think your kids actually need it? Like you said, roller coasters can find them all over the place. That's right. That's right. You can find them all over. You don't need to go to Disney for roller coasters. And you certainly don't need rainbow flags all over the place. That's your right. thoughts, Father? Yeah, I think you're you're right on, Joe. And I, I just wish that more Christian parents were were aware and in their awareness that they'd be willing to take action. It, it, it's oftentimes what I find is this type of indifferentism where people will say, okay, yeah, I hear this. Yeah, okay, yeah, Disney's not what it used to be. Okay, but, you know, I'm going to take my kid to Disney World. We're going to have a good time anyway. And, and I'm thinking, it's like, well, then you just, you, 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 you feed the beast, right? You, you, you are supporting this agenda. Uh, so you are saying one thing with your mouth and you're saying another thing with your actions, because really we only show what we believe when what we are speaking is backed up by what we are doing. And, and, and I see this and, and, and I think to your point, it, it has become this ritual, this, this pseudo religion, this, you know, yeah, this, this, this whole new rite of passage, like re religious rite, uh, that, that families say, we have to do this, you know, we, we have to follow this, you know, th this type of pseudo liturgy. And, and I'm, I want to just say to parents is you don't have to, right? There are options. Uh, Christian families can get very creative, uh, save a lot of money, uh, avoid a lot of crazy ideology. I mean, guys, when I look and I, I just see some of the transgenderism stuff and the, and the drag queen shows now that are coming out and, and, and a lot of this, even on Disney property and, and supported by Disney programs, like, you know, I sit here, I'm thinking, what is going on? I mean, you know, when, when I was asked, uh, uh, you both know, and, and some of the listeners might know that, you know, I'm, I'm a trained moral theologian. And when people ask, they say, what is the one moral issue that is most pressing, right? And, and of course, there are a lot of them. But I would say if you're looking for the most pressing moral issue, it's transgenderism in this sense, because it encapsulates all the other battles, human personhood, marriage, family, gender, everything. I mean, sexuality, everything. It, it just, it, it, it consumes and encapsulates all of these in this one issue. And, and we find just this green light being given uh, by Disney and, and other corporations that claim to be family friendly. Uh, and, 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 you know, and again, Christian parents just have to be aware of this. Yeah, I, I think also just to, to acknowledge the deception, the deception that, that happens sometimes is, you know, they can claim to be family friendly, but we have to be realized that they have redefined the family. Right. You know, you know, so for them, family could be whatever you want it to be. Say, no, no, no. Like family is by nature and by grace, mother, father, children, and extended family members. That's it. No, no, no. Family can be two guys who got quote married or can be right. 
you know, um, this woman and her, you know, um, you know, uh, minor lover and, you know, uh, this trans man who now is attracted to this. I mean, you know, the, 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 the list goes on where family becomes redefined. So when they say family friendly, they're using the word in a completely different way than how we would understand this. Now, I remember in a previous show, we talked about this. Um, I think uh, Joe mentioned about his younger child was watching a Disney show and said, Dad, why are these two guys kissing, right? Yeah. And, and, and Joe said, like, why is it that I have to worry about addressing this now with my child who's six years old, right? And, and, and that's what I want people to listen. It's like, we're not trying to impose anything. We're not trying to be haters. We're not trying. It's, listen, these are children and these are families. And they just want to go and have a good time get some rest, you know, realize that what they've been working for and saving for or what they're going in debt for is, is a good thing. And they just want their kids to be wholesome. The reason why parents are accepting this type of pseudo religion of Disney is because they want to be good parents. They want their kids to have a happy childhood. That's something we can appreciate. It's just they're not quite getting it that Disney is not their friend. That's the key. We, we, and you mentioned the word deception. Because this is deliberate. Why on earth? Why else would you go after children? Okay, so I wish people would get that through their head. We're not dealing with with honest actors here. They have an agenda, and it is the destruction of the family. Joe Resinello, Father, as as married Catholic men, uh, we're we have a vocation, and we're under vows. Um, I remember when I got married. My wife is Haitian American. We went to a priest uh, in New York City. And he asked us these questions, very pointed questions. I felt, and, and he made us sign this ancient book. I felt like I was signing in I would, my name in the book of life. Yeah. Like, are you open to life? Are you, are you, are you? I kid you not. He asked me point blank, every single thing, made me sign it, made my wife sign it um, in New York City at St. Veronica's Parish. Um, we have like an obligation put upon right. us as parents to educate and to form our children, every Catholic parent. And we will be judged upon that. That yes. is, I'm a Catholic, you know, husband and father. That's my primary vocation. That is going to be my judgment. With right. that said, normalizing transgenderism or homosexual behavior to children, I have to think that violates that vow, which I take in front of someone like yourself, that God is going to say, Joe, your job is to form your kids in the truths of the Catholic faith, not expose them. So basically, am I off here? No. Like, no. like, like, like break no. this down for me. Yeah, you know this, what I mean? This, this... This is how believers are supposed to be thinking. This is why sometimes, you know, we, we can be confused because the majority of believers aren't thinking like this. I mean, as you said, Joe, like you've taken a vow before God. Now, I have to tell you real quick, as you mentioned, um, your wife being Haitian. I know uh, the other Joe also, uh, his, his wife is Haitian. And um, I have to tell you, my, my new bishop in South Carolina is Haitian. And he is really shocking people because in his confirmation masses, he is telling the young people, have big families, make and have a lot of babies, 
when you get married, right? This is shocking American parents. Like, who's this guy telling our children that later in life they should have big families and have a lot of babies, right? And 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 you get you you see just the whole different perspective of you know this bishop who's come from Haiti, who the you know the supposed economic third world, where family is still a blessing, children are still a blessing, right? Marriage is a blessing, vows are honored before God. I, I and so on. So, so just in terms of the the cultural uh, shift, in terms of where we are as the West, what we've lost. Sometimes we can look at these other cultures and be reminded that's who we used to be. And, and to your point, Joe, yes, like a vow was made. Like husband and wife are to honor and serve one another. If God blesses them with children, they are to understand that they have a vocation as Christian parents. Uh, from the scriptures, we know that uh, fatherhood can be summarized in three principal words. So parent, uh, parents in general, but fathers in particular, are called to protect, to provide, and to teach. And we have to look at parents and say, and, and especially Christian fathers, this is what you're called to be doing. You're supposed to be protecting the innocence of your children as well as their, their safety. That involves physical and spiritual and moral. You're also supposed to be providing so healthy and wholesome uh, environments and, 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 and ways in which their young souls can, can flourish and, and, and they can learn creativity and in in, in freedom. And then, of course, you know, to teach like to actively teach. So, you know, Christian parents need to do this. And, and you know, if, if Christian parents say, oh, yeah, you know, marriage, marriage is important, kids are important, or whatever they might say, but then in the summer, everybody's packing up to go to Disney, and all this other stuff is there that is opposite of what mom and dad have been saying, or mom or dad have been saying, then the kids are like, oh, this must be what they really believe, because this is what's in front of us, right? Or they're indoctrinated by this experience of going to Disney. And, and I just think the parents have to be aware of what they're doing. Now, of course, as soon as I say that, <laughs> we have to keep reality in front of us. Sometimes mom and dad aren't on board. They don't think it's a problem, right? No. Joe, that's what we, we, we don't really want to talk about that because it might sadden us. But Father, Father Kirby, you want to hear you. One of the uh -huh. saddest people I've ever seen in my life. And and. Say I don't care how judgmental that sounds. Was when they did the conference call. When Disney did the conference call, she's one of the executives. I forgot her title, and she was bragging. Well, two of my children are this sexual. One son is homosexual. This one's a lesbian. This one's transgender. And the only thing going through my mind is how you've ruined your children's lives. Yes, that's yes. what you've done, woman. Yes. You've ruined your children's lives. Rather yes. than raise them to be what they are in reality, which is boys and girls. You're encouraging this, and moreover, you want Disney to promote this because she is right. an executive at Disney. Yes. So the reason why I bring it up, Father, yes. Father Kirby joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. Let's talk about some, but 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 some like you mentioned. Uh, see, you're saying it nicely. We could find alternative things to for entertainment and things like that. I'm going to say it not so nicely. Send them to the poorhouse. Take away their income. Okay. By reducing their market share and their market capitalization. Don't go there. Make it so that that woman gets fired because she doesn't know what she's talking about, because she's terrible at marketing. Yes. That's what we need to do. And on one level, I would love your thoughts on this. Ron DeSantis, who Joe and I have said, we're not looking for political messiahs. We're not like the rest of the We're not. Okay. If he does good things, great. If he does with Disney, he did the right thing. He said, oh, really? You think you have Disney is a powerful corporation. No question about it. He said, okay, let's see how much power you have 
when I take away your special privileges that you've been enjoying for the last several decades? Because that comes from the state, and the state could take that away. That's right. My larger point here, Father, and I love how much of this involves us playing a bit of hardball, okay, because we're going to need to. Yes, well, and, and, and look at Governor DeSantis. Uh, he, he, of course, is a Catholic. He's a married man, uh, heroically stood by his wife recently, and she was fighting cancer. And thanks be to God, she's back to good health. And he has young children. So this isn't just a political question for him. Uh, this is a parental question, because the same question that both of you are asking or any Christian parent would be asking is the same question that this governor is asking. He has children. And, and so I think that, you know, as Christians, we are called to be in the midst of the world. I think the baptized, I mean, the Lord told us that, you know, we are called to be salt, light, and leaven in the midst of the world. I think sometimes baptized Christians, lay members of the church, they forget that. So they're the ones who are supposed to be out in the midst of the world. And, and to your point, Joe, yes, like sometimes we, we play hardball. Like you know, we, we are in the midst of the world. And in the midst of the world, we have to be sly as serpents and innocent as doves. So when we have authority or positions of responsibility, we are to use them in order to further truth, goodness, and beauty. And so uh, Governor DeSantis, a devout Catholic uh, and a family man, uh, is, is acting as a political leader, but also as, as a husband and father. And, and I think any Christian in their places of responsibility should be doing the same. Let, let, let me give you a, a local example. I'll just say somewhere in South Carolina, um, a gentleman reached out to me and he said that he was uh, working for uh, a pet store. Now he had worked his way all the way up there. He started as a, as a teenager stocking shelves at this place. And he worked his way all the way up. The, the pet store was eventually bought by a corporation. He works his way up, becomes general manager of the place. And here comes June, you know, the, the Pride Gay Month uh, and so on. And he is instructed to put out this LGBTQ plus propaganda and his directions were specifically to place it in strategic places in the store. And he, of course, knows his store and said, wait a minute, these are all the areas that the children will go to. And so he realizes this is targeting children. This is blatantly targeting children. And so he refuses. They fired him on the spot. This was a man who had been at that store for over two decades, almost three decades, fired him on the spot. So when we talk about, you know, this type of ideology and how the ideology acts swiftly and, and they could be cruel because they can't imagine that they would be wrong, right? And then somehow they have to enlighten us because we're just a bunch of stupid people out here don't know what we're doing and, and they need to help us, right? Uh, they think they're the messiahs, the anti-messiahs. And, and in response to that, I think Christians who are in the midst of the world have to understand God's providence has placed them where they are. If they have authority or responsibility, if they have a voice, they are to use that in order to further goodness, to ask questions, to make the appeals to HR, to do what is whatever is in front of them in order to make sure that they're fighting a good fight and, and to say, I'm not going to be a part of this. No, no, absolutely, Father Kirby. We only have a few minutes left. Father Jeffrey Kirby is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Rasinello, we have time for one more question. Father, I want you to put your moral theologian hat on for a second. Our, our catechism says that we have to love all people, we cannot discriminate, and we have to respect all people. Um, and we have to, as Catholics. God will hold us to that standard. The ACLU says that the Catholic Church wants a license to discriminate against the LGBT community. Clearly, um, 
that is not our position, but they feel that is what we're doing. Why are they wrong from a moral theological perspective by saying, I do not want my children exposed to this? Um, I think they're wrong. I don't think it's fair. Why is that correct? Yes. So so first, in terms of, let's just say, family-owned businesses, uh, small businesses should be able to be run by the worldview of the, the proprietor. And then by broader broader expansion, uh, corporations and so on uh, should almost follow a type of democratic principle, which is, you know, what does the consumer want? And then to follow the consumer demands and so on. So if the consumer market says we don't want this, then a smart and prudent corporation will then adjust. And and so I think first we have to realize that that we are a part of of, of a moving fluid reality in terms of political society, but also the market and in terms of uh, in our interaction with fellow um, citizens and, and and fellow people in our society. Discrimination is when I look at someone and say, because you are this, I will not honor your basic human rights. I will not let you assemble. I will not let you have a voice. I will not let you, you know, uh, vote. I will not, and so on. So that is discrimination. And as a church, we would never say that. We would never say that because someone is a particular way that they should be treated this way. Now, what this movement does is they associate a way of life or a way of behavior as if it were a gender or a race and so on. And they even redefine these terms. So they kind of created genders and so on. And so again, this goes back to where the language begins to change and, and, it's, and it's shifting and so on. But even with that, we have never said that they cannot assemble. We've never said that they could not voice their opinions and their thoughts. We've never said that they should be denied the right to vote. We've never said that they should be incarcerated or, or, or harshly treated and so on. No, what we have said is we have a right to our as well to express our thoughts, to assemble and, and express what we believe, to hire people who agree to, with our worldview in terms of our institutions, and that we can question these corporations who the majority of people are saying, we don't want this, and yet still continue to do it. And right. then we can then begin to do boycotts or to use uh, wherever places or situations or, or powers that we have in order to oppose them. So, so I, I think this is a, a intricate question. I'm trying to give some just quick bullet points, uh, but we've never propagated discrimination. In fact, I'll tell you both and, and, and the listeners that whenever I preach, especially in June, about the LGBTQ plus movement, you know, I, I start by saying, you know, we love all people. As Christians, we can hate no one. Love always honors truth. Love tells the truth. And I would say I, we would be the first, as a Catholic priest, I'd be the first to defend anyone who is being mistreated. So if someone, for example, was attacking a transgender person, right, trying to cause them harm. We'd, have, we'd have something to say about that. Which we're, yeah. we're morally obligated to defend that person. Absolutely. Father Kirby, I apologize. We're at the end of the segment, so we're at the end of the show. Father Jeffrey Kirby, uh, thank you so much for joining us at the Frontline with Joe and Joe. We encourage all of you out there to go out and buy his book, Sanctify Them in Truth, How the Church's Social Doctrine Addresses the Issues of Our Time. Father, thanks again for coming on. We really appreciate it. We look forward to seeing you again. Um, and for all of you out there, remember until the next time that our conversation is your conversation, and that conversation is going on everywhere. We'll talk to you soon.